So again, a good morning and special welcome to everyone today. For all of our students, we got a blessing at the end of Mass for your finals, so uh, once you start studying for those, it uh, should be a good thing. Just remember, the blessing's not magic, so you still got to study to do well on your exams. All right, so we got our gospel today, and I don't know about you, but when I first read this gospel, especially coming from Luke, you know, you're hearing a lot of names, Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, hear about Herod, Philip, his brother, a couple of interesting cities and names that are hard to say. You know, why is this part of scripture? Why is this in the gospel? We know in Luke's writing that he purposefully writes almost as a historian. So he's giving us these dates, these names, these places in order to anchor them in real events, in real space, and in real time. But if you're like me, sometimes when you're reading over this, you just want to skip over those names. But we want to be wondering, like, who is Tiberius Caesar? or Who is Herod the Tetrarch? You know, do we need to care about them at all? Yes, these are real men who have a history, especially in our secular history. The key part is to know that they were more like evil leaders, and they help us to understand Luke's historical perspective of what's happening in the culture, what's happening in the politics of the time that Jesus and John the Baptist lived. It allows us to see a little bit more into the possible persecutions they received because of these world leaders. It's during this time in history, and we'd say around the year 30, that John the Baptist, remember, is Jesus' cousin, he's going out into the desert, as we're hearing in our gospel, what we also could call the wilderness, and he begins preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So John the Baptist does this as the greatest prophet, we could even say, of the Old Testament, the bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the only prophet who's coming in from both uh, the Old and to the New And he's allowing us to see the importance of preparing the way for the Messiah, for Jesus Christ. You know, we hear about a voice crying out in the desert, in the desert or the wilderness. And this wilderness or desert has kind of been on my heart as I've prayed over this over the past week in this gospel. You know, what is this wilderness? You know that John's doing the ministry at the River Jordan. If you go to the Holy Land now, you can see where most of his baptisms took place. We know this was out in the country, far away from the city. But if we bring this gospel into our lives today, you know, what is the wilderness in your life, in my life? When I think of the wilderness, you know, I think of chaos. I think of noise, maybe animals that could eat you, you know, other dangerous things in the wilderness. So if we speak of this external wilderness in our lives, what does that look like here in Aggieland? You know, maybe it includes endless use of technology or social media scrolling for days or maybe tons of pressure that you're starting to feel from finals and studies. Maybe it's a relationship drama from back home or even with roommates. Maybe it's trying to find time to buy Christmas gifts or fit in socials before the semester ends. You know, it seems like there's a lot of noise in our life right now in this season of Advent. And it can cause a restlessness or a lack of peace in our lives or in our studies or even in our families. Cardinal Seurat, who's an African cardinal, who was in charge of the liturgy for the whole universal church, he said in his book, The Power of Silence, that without noise, postmodern man is feverish. He's even lost. Noise gives him security like a drug which he has become dependent. Noise is like a drug which we have become dependent. 
And not only is there this external wilderness, but I'd say that there's a wilderness of the heart, an internal wilderness in each side of us, inside each one of us. And many times it's the external wilderness that causes a stirring of the wilderness in our hearts, an experience of restlessness, of anxiety, of fear, of doubt, of worry. And our heart can become a place of chaos, a wilderness of noise that can prevent us from truly confronting ourselves confronting reality. Now, many of you were at Magnify this past Thursday with Father Boniface, one of our Benedictine monks that came to visit us, and he even put on his staff retreat for us on Friday, which is a great gift for all the staff here at St. Mary's. And during that time, he gave us an image of a snow globe and comparing ourselves to a snow globe, which is fitting for this season. Except in Texas, we don't know what snow globes really look like, right? <laughs> I guess the actual snow. So with the snow globe, if you shake it up, the little pieces of snow go all over the place, right? So sometimes you can't even see the image or the little statue that's inside of the snow globe because when you shake it up, there's so much snow in front of it. It kind of blocks your vision from seeing the image. And sometimes it almost feels like our lives can be like this snow globe, or it seems like there's a little kid that's continually shaking it forever, and our lives seem like chaos. It seems like we're not able to truly see almost that we're living in this never-ending, shaken snow globe. Now, in our gospel, we also hear about a voice that's in the wilderness, a voice that is crying out. We know this voice is John the Baptist, but what about the wilderness of our hearts? You know, sometimes I think there are multiple voices that are screaming in the midst of the chaos. And if we think about it, these voices in our hearts and our minds... You know, they're common to all of humanity, even to the very beginning, we could say, in the wilderness of the garden. You know, we hear the voice from Eve and also a voice from the serpent in the garden. And their conversation went something like this. You know, did God really say to not eat from this tree? What harm could it possibly do? It's just one small piece of fruit from a tree. But God said, if I eat this, I will die. That isn't true. You will not die. It's only one little piece of fruit. It isn't that bad. God will forgive you. Go on. It looks good. It will taste and feel so good. Plus, God is holding something back from you. You know, it's his fault. He won't mind that much. You deserve this. It isn't that big of a deal. My brother and sisters, I think that we also hear a similar voice in our own hearts in the midst of that wilderness, in the midst of temptation, and maybe the voices from the garden carry into our time here in Aguiland and and could sound a little bit like this. You know, scroll a little bit more. Keep scrolling. Oh, your life looks way better than hers. She looks so fake anyways. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish I had her boyfriend or her car or her family. She's still so fake, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Or maybe it sounds a little bit like this. One more click won't hurt. You deserve this. Take a load off. It will help your stress. Viewing this image of a woman as an object isn't that bad compared to having sex with her. You need this. Your studies have been hard. This will satisfy the craving. You aren't man enough, so prove yourself. You are weak, just give in. Once more, once more, once more. 
Maybe the voice in your wilderness sounds like this. Never forgive him for what he has done to you. Maybe something bad will happen to him. You wish it will happen to him. He deserves punishment for what he has done. He has hurt you, and you must never forget it. Maybe something like this. Look at that girl. She thinks she's so holy. Why would she ever dress like that? I bet she thinks she's better than me. I bet I'm better at school than her, though. She seems to have her life all put together. Why is she talking with that guy like that? I'm kind of over her. Or maybe the voice sounds like this. It's just one answer off of a quiz, one quick look at the page. It isn't that big of a deal. Everyone does it, so I should do it too. No one will ever know. It's for the sake of my future. If I just had more time, I would have known the answers anyways. Or maybe the voice sounds like this. You can't do this. It is impossible. Just give up. What's the point? Your effort is worthless. Stop trying. Just give up. Stop trying. Or finally, the voice in the wilderness today could sound like you're too tall, you're too short, you're too big, you're too fat, you're too loud, you're too social, too annoying, not smart enough, not athletic enough, you don't fit in, you must fit in. Wear this mask or facade or others will see the real you. Don't be you, don't feel, don't mess up. Your life depends on it. You must be perfect. My brothers and sisters, these voices of the wilderness, I think we can recognize in the capacity of some way of our hearts. You know, a lot of times these voices lead to the moments of stirring up the wilderness, the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the loneliness, and it takes us to places of darkness where it's hard to be able to see the light. It shakes the snow globe within us. But once again, we rely on them, and we even allow them to become our escape, our comfort, our drug. But if we listen and pierce into the wilderness of our hearts, and we listen really, really closely, there's also a voice trying to pierce through the chaos and the confusion, a voice that seems different than all the rest. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't hear this voice. Sometimes it seems to be absent. Sometimes it's muted because the other voices are dominating. But when I do hear this one unique voice, it seems to calm the chaos It seems to bring a stillness, and the wilderness begins to quiet. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to hear this voice, because the other voices, the comfort, the drug, will start to dim. And a sting seems to appear when I hear this voice, because it points to a longing that I have for something more. Now, this voice has always been and always will be. The voice began by speaking one word, and then speaking all else into being through the word. This voice began in the heart of man, and it sounds like this from the beginning of man. Let us make human beings in our image after our likeness, that they may multiply and flourish in the land. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know every single hair on your head and desire of your heart. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. I am the good shepherd. I came to lay down my life for you, my sheep. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. A humbled, contrite heart I will not reject. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood given up for you. Mother, behold your child. Child, behold your mother. Who are my mother, brothers and sisters? Those who do the will of the Father in heaven are my brother and sisters and mother. Blessed are you when the people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I absolve you of your sins. Go and sin no more. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Go therefore, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And behold, I will be with you always until the end of the age. My brothers and sisters, this is the voice of truth. This is the voice of hope, a voice of tenderness, a voice that calls us out of ourselves, out of the wilderness, calls us upwards to the stars, and ultimately a voice of love. And this voice is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so I return with you all today to this question of why do we sometimes not hear the voice of God in the midst of our wilderness? Why are the other voices so loud? My friends, the wilderness will try to mask God's voice. It is not of this world. You know, sin will mask his voice in our lives. Missing mass on a Sunday and disconnecting ourselves from the true vine will mask this voice of God in our lives. Busyness will mask his voice. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, the key to hearing the only voice that matters in this world is creating space for times of stillness, and of quiet, space to slow down, to be able to hear the word of God, to be able to hear his voice. Now, other voices, even good voices like John the Baptist or voices of our friends and our family, they'll try to help us to be able to hear God's voice and lead us to his voice, but they cannot hear the voice for us. Ultimately, you and I have to make the choice to open our ears more and more each day, open our hearts to receive the word, to receive Jesus Christ. Once again, Cardinal Seurat says that God dwells in the heart of every human in a place of innate silence. Unless silence dwells in us, and unless solitude, a stillness, is a state in which we allow ourselves to be formed, we will be deprived of God. The human heart is truly God's abode, the temple of silence. My friends, this is why in the liturgy and the mass there are spaces for silence. It's built into our worship. That's why we come into a quiet church before or after mass to calm the wilderness of our hearts in order to prepare our souls to encounter our God whose language is silence. That's why having space throughout our day without noise, without technology, is so crucial to be able to encounter our God and to encounter ourselves, to encounter our very reality in the midst of silence. So as we end, as we continue to journey with Holy Mother Church in this season of Advent, my question for each one of us today is, do you have silence in your life? Do you have prayer time each day in the silence of your life? 
We were made to commune with God in the silence. Heaven is an eternal embrace of love, of adoration, and an infinite silence. My friends, it's not too late. You know, now is the time in the season of Advent to open our lives more and more to Christ, to grow with him, to encounter him, to walk with him in the silence. Now is the time to prepare the way of the Lord, because he is coming soon. In the quiet and in the stillness of the night, the holiest of nights, when Christ our Savior is born. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.